Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. Thank you. Thank you, live band. Uh, each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort, ride by ride, land by land, park by park, gallon by gallon, to determine which is better. I'm your host, Dan, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help find the greater good of humanity. And so, <laughs> Answer this long, elusive question. I have read these words before. Which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me as always from Scraping the Vault, Jimmy. I see what you did with the gallon thing. And uh, is Scraping the Vault still a thing? <laughs> it will be eventually. Uh, we got to do our holiday garbage oh, soon. That's right. Uh, and from the upcoming podcast, Bowie Splaining, Eric. Hi, I don't know much about Bowie, but I do know things about gallons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it also says on, my, it says on my notes, Chewbacca's butthole. Jimmy, did you want to <laughs> cover that? No. Jimmy, why are... did you put that in the notes? Yeah, I, why would you do that? I was, <laughs> listen, we all daydream, right? <laughs> Sometimes we have inexplicable fantasies. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know what, Dan? That, that yeah. brings me to real quick. Uh, thank yeah. you for, for hosting and being our judge. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to read some iTunes reviews. Mm-hmm. And I think that that last statement may be contradictory to what this uh, listener reviewed. <laughs> oh, one star. This is when Bill did they write Knight, it? <laughs> uh, August 21st, 2023. Bill, okay. 1986. <laughs> one star. Woke. Why do you have to make woke comments? So, listen, I don't take any criticism anybody has, and, and we'll take it and we consider it. I don't know. I think everybody has their own definition of the word woke. Uh-huh. I think that we do our best, being three middle-aged white guys, we do our best at being inclusive and kind of taking our our childhood, what was okay in the 80s, 90s, and I say okay, just what was you know the norm. And I think right. we're sensitive to and considerate of being inclusive and acknowledging non-binary, you know, just in, right. in being accepting of people, right? I don't know if that's what they mean. Do you well, guys have any re- thoughts? Reviewer, <laughs> reviewer, if it makes you feel any better, I've said many times on this show that I am playing a character. Um, I actually love the Beatles very much. Um, and uh, I've never even been to a Disney park before. I don't know what they are. I hear that they're very expensive. Um yeah. Uh, I mean, I just like, I just like uh, miniature golf. I, li- I like putt-putt. That's really all I'm into. Right. Um, so, uh, so wait, 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 you're, yeah. you're going on record saying that you call it putt-putt. <laughs> yes, I golf? do. And I okay, call I'm, I'm off this show. I'm off this show. <laughs> like for, for example, so many listeners, <laughs> I said, I said Columbus day and you said, no, it's indigenous people's day. I don't know if that's woke. I'm not sure. I don't, which, I don't know. Which, which woke thing did we say? <laughs> I don't know. And I, and by all means, reviewer, please let us know what you mean. I do, I, again, we don't want to offend anybody. I think we're largely unoffensive, but maybe, maybe that's why we're woke. Maybe because we're not offending people. Mm. No, and in that case, I'd like to say to all the Jews out there. <laughs> Sorry. I, I got another one. Ready for this. Okay, here we go. Brit M1019. Great podcast. We really love the spirit of this podcast and appreciate all of the research that goes into each episode. 
The hosts are funny. The concept is concept is great. Agreed so far. And I always learn something new. <laughs> it's not a news podcast, which is refreshing. Lots of fun Disney facts in each episode. It's definitely a must subscribe and must listen. All that said, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I have to skip forward for minutes at a time to get through the inside jokes and laughing fits. Today, I did that for 14, sorry, 14 minutes of an episode. Totally love and appreciate that they're having a blast recording and that definitely makes it more enjoyable to listen to. But it'd be helpful if they either cut some of that out for us listeners or give timestamps in the show notes for when the meat of the discussion actually begins. I like that idea. I like yeah, that idea uh, a lot. Chapters, chapters are, I mean, they're not that hard to drop in. Agreed. I thought about so it. So I think we should maybe moving forward, try to do that. And Eric, you can take a break from the postings, but um, we can think about doing that. And thank you for the feedback. And certainly you're right. Yeah. I think I can uh, build that in when I'm doing the editing. We don't even need to do that in, in megaphone. I think. Uh, I have too much to look into it. I feel personally attacked by that. <laughs> we all just kidding. Laugh. Just kidding. Um, that was five stars. Thank you very much. Uh, two more. Um, M.S. Passel. Ms. Passel. Ms. Passel. Mm-hmm. Um, she says he met, I don't know, uh, 467,983 stars. Wow. I don't huh. like to pit Disney World and Disneyland against each other, but I'm so glad this podcast does. I love listening to Disney nerds just talk about how much they love Disney. Thank you. Hmm. Finally, from Peanut Butter. Great podcast. <laughs> love your podcast. All the details are and banter. Thank you. Make it lots of fun. I'm a DW fan, Florida resident, and recently listened to Di- or visited Disneyland. Wish I had stumbled upon your pod sooner. I would have focused on more the de- on the detail focused more on the details and charm of Disneyland rather than comparing it to Disney World. Listening to your pod makes me look forward to revisiting Disneyland and hopefully a first visit to DCA, my next visit. Mm. Thanks for putting in the research and helping me realize neither park is better, just different. Well, that's the show, everybody. Peanut butter. I hope that there is a a custodial cast member available to sweep up your vomit when you saw the the tiny (laughs) castle. And I love I love giving you to my dogs because they look delightful as they try to lick you up. Peanut butter got it. Peanut butter, that is. Yes. You get it, Jimmy. Not the person. Does Jimmy get it? I think Jimmy's... Um, Somebody was frozen. internet is frozen. Yeah, Yeah, Jimmy hasn't moved for a little while. (laughs) There he is. Uh, Hopefully people still hear the words coming out of my mouth. So that was Jimmy's segment, Chewbacca's Butthole. Thank you for Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm, Uh, Jimmy, what's going on with... uh, Or either one of you. What's going on with the concierge? We have a new uh, client, listener Casey, who's definitely male. Made that mistake via email. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey has booked a Disneyland package. That lives in New York, I believe. Uh, booked a Disneyland package for November. And um, just he and a friend. So mm. thanks for listening, right. Casey. Look forward to continuing our conversation. We do a touring plan and everything. And you're sure that they they live in New York and not New Jersey because you don't want to make another like Ooh. similar geographical. Let's mistake. just say they're East Coasters. There you go. There you okay, go. that's too woke for me. You need to be uh, more specific. See, there you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> they're, uh, he was right. They're regionally they them. Is, is <laughs> that's <right>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, that's all the business I have. All right, cool. Uh, Eric, do you have any business? How's Bowie's uh, planning going? Uh, Bowie's planning is going great. Uh, we we might have a uh, a logo. 
Uh-huh. Uh, we've got one episode in the can and I've got lots more cans to fill with episodes. We have so many cans. So uh, many cans. I've been buying lots of cans from Goodwill. Yes. And Facebook Marketplace. Anybody got a can? Um, I'm, I'm coming over. I'll pick it up. Yeah. Um, it's probably worth noting that mm-hmm. Concy Ears has a new podcast. Um, in case you needed another podcast. And it's called <laughs> Ears to the Kingdom. It is a travel planning tips podcast hosted by a couple of concierge. Notable, notable podcast orian, um, Lynn Barron. Lynn Barron. From The Sweep Spot. Which you would not know that name because you don't listen to the episodes he's on. <laughs> not many wow. people do. Here's uh, to the kingdom. Uh, it hasn't come out yet. Oh. Yeah. But well, how soon. did you listen? How did they listen to it? Well, they probably oh, mentioned it. Okay, yeah. coming soon. Coming Ears soon. to the kingdom. Travel planning tips for the Disney parks. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so, uh, because we have... Hold on. There we go. There's there's my notes. Hi. Hi, notes. Hey, How are business. you? Business. Uh, so, uh, because the writer's strike is over, we are returning to our previous format of... Thank God. ...researching <laughs> things. I know. I know. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Lester. <laughs> Kelly. Uh-huh. And uh, Huel, uh, our our head writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know we didn't want to mention anything because we uh, we are corporate uh, tyrants, so we didn't want to acknowledge <laughs> it. But no, no, no. you know we are uh, we're back, and you know hopefully when the actor strike ends, the people who usually play us will be back, and everything mm-hmm. will be, be be back to normal. Back to uh, normal. This time around, we are doing the case of the Finding Nemo rides, Submarines versus Omnimover. That is Finding Nemo Submarine Encounter, the ride at Disneyland, and the Seas with Nemo and Friends starring Nemo, the ride, the pavilion presented by Wonder Bread. Um, And if I remember correctly, uh, you're Jimmy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're Eric. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. I'm playing and myself this time. What, you get you do a knife fight. To, is that how this works? <laughs> we'll see. Okay, Dan's not used to host. It's been a while since he hosted. Right. <laughs> um, this, this is the old show concept where we knife fight over the internet. Right. Oh my god. May as well have. <laughs> it got real tense. It did get a little it tense. Got sometimes. real tense. Uh, so, Jimmy, you are arguing for uh, the Nemo submarine voyage, kind of a kind of a can, right? A submarine uh, is a kind of can. It's a kind of a can. I suppose it's a long steel tube of sorts. That's a can. I'm learning sure. that there's 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 this place. That it's like the uh, the uncanny valley of callbacks, where if it's too too soon, it doesn't. It's not funny. It's, it's literally been a minute, Dan. Like, what are we calling back to? See, that's it. Ah. <laughs> and Jimmy um, wasn't the one who had episodes in the can and was not buying cans. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, so uh, <laughs> let, let, let me let me uh, let me comedy explain you. Um, <laughs> is that a new podcast? Yes. Comedy explaining. Oh, explaining. We Eric. invite famous comedians on and we tell them why they're <laughs> that's why actually, they could do better. That's actually that's actually some of my favorite episodes of Hollywood Handbook is they would have a comedian on and they would play another comedian's set <laughs> as though it was them and they would be like, So what why did you do that? <laughs> anyway. So 
I have a couple of friends in a group chat and right. we were commenting on how many Disney podcasts there are, specifically ones by hosted by concierge. And that we should start a new podcast that just criticizes the other Disney podcasts. <laughs> I mean, that is the next level of what we've know, been right? doing anyway. That sounds mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's not woke. Yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> there you go. We can call <laughs> them a new like segment. Everybody, <laughs> everybody should have a podcast and they should be listened to. Yep, yes. Too woke. We can call everyone terrible slurs the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eric, you are doing uh, the the one that isn't Nemo. What's it called again? The land? The uh, the seas? Yes. The, the, the sky. La- Nemo with the land. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it is just the attraction. The seas with Nemo and friends. Just the attraction. We're right. We're doing right. just right. the Omnimover part. And Jimmy, you're doing just the submarine part of the submarine. That's right. No okay. boats. Oh, wait. No, no Casey Jr. No Casey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> no monorail. <laughs> and uh, which one? Tech- I should have looked into this. I think this, the this submarines, even in their reopening, even their re- reopened capacity came first, right? I don't know about that. I think um, they did. The, it, it, the seas was Nemo before the subs, I believe. Oh, but, but the attraction itself. It, is yeah, we the usually 50s. go with the, the thing. Yeah. So whichever is the oldest thing. All right. So that's Jimmy. Is that- yeah. the, the can? They're, they're the oldest cans. <laughs> right. OK. Um, so now you skip ahead. And uh, so welcome uh, back, everybody. Welcome back, Jimmy. Your your ride came first. So when I find something delightful and impressive, this is the sound that we'll play. Mm -hmm. Sonar hydrophones. We can actually hear the fish talk. (laughs) There you go. Uh, And Eric, what sound are we going to hear when uh, something similar happens in your direction? The deluge. Nice. Oh, the memories. <laughs> All right. And just for the record, I, <clears throat> knowing that I was going to be judging this, I was thinking, well, I think that one, is, I, I am right down the middle on this one. There are hmm. some ways that I appreciate one more than the other. And it kind of, it, the more I think about it, the more it goes back and forth. So I'm genuinely interested to see where this goes. It's always nice when a judge declares at the beginning of a trial I really don't know which way this is going to go. <laughs> that's right. One would hope that's always the case. <laughs> right. Are you listening, Judge Eileen Cannon? Oh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, too much news. Sorry to the other. Sorry, per, the person. Did the one star. We just lost a star. I, I did nah. it again. I'm sorry. Maybe half star. Can you do half stars? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if the listener, if you're still listening and that was you, please, when you rewrite your review, start with, if I could give less than one star, I could. I would. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Don't actually do that. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you the overview of the Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage. <laughs> Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage is an attraction in the Tomorrowland area of Disneyland Park in Anaheim, California. It opened on June 11th, 2007, based on the characters and settings of the 2003 Disney Pixar film Finding Nemo. It is a re-theming of the classic submarine voyage attraction that operated from 1959 to 1998. From disneyland.go.com.org is dive into the deep. With all the humor and heart of the original film, this immersive submarine ride takes you on an unforgettable ocean adventure to find a missing clownfish. 
climb down into a yellow research submarine operated by the Nautical Exploration and Marine Observation Institute, or NEMO. See, Nautical Exploration Marine Observation? Uh, I get it. I get it. Peek through the portholes as you sail past scuba divers <laughs> and artifacts of an ancient civilization scattered along the seafloor. Some familiar fins soon swim into view. It's Nemo and his turtle pal Squirt, with Marlin and Dory hot on their trail. During your underwater adventure, you'll encounter other friends from the movie, including Bruce the Shark, Mr. Ray, Gil, Bubbles, Pearl, Peach, Crush, and more. And thanks to special sonar hydrophones, you can hear what everyone's saying. Will Marlin and Dory ever find Nemo? No. Just keep swimming to find out. <laughs> I adore in both of these, and we're not in the points segment of this, but I in both of these attractions, I adore knowing that Albert Brooks is definitely not doing the voice. Definitely not doing the voice. It's so fun for me. <laughs> I think in, in Epcot, I believe Alice and Janney is doing the starfish. Alice and Janney is in there. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll definitely get to else. that. It's definitely not Ellen, but anyway. We'll no, get are, you sure, are you sure that's Allison J- Janney? Because it sounds I'm like April Rachel sure. to me. I don't know. I guess I'll we could find out. out. Uh, Maybe. Is, yeah, the, the, uh, the definitely not Albert Brooks is as delightful to me as the definitely not Robert Downey Jr. in yeah. Avengers <laughs> Campus. Campus. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Eric. Tell well, us more. Uh, at the at the seas with Nemo and friends, you can go under the sea without getting wet on this mm. gentle ride based on Disney and Pixar's Finding Nemo, which finds Nemo lost again. Look at that. Look at all that. Wow. What a what a great sentence um, from uh, D- Disney World dot Disney dot go dot com dot love. Um, I like the I like that. It, it actually puts find back in there that like it's pretty good. I, I'm surprised by that statement and it's delightful. Uh, but yes, board a clam mobile. Well, it's more delightful than you would think and less smelly unless, you know, <laughs> it's Florida. Do uh, they really, does, they really call it a clam mobile. It is called a clam mobile. This Omni oh, mover ride is called as clam mobile, clam mobiles. It's just one M. No, oh, okay. One M. Clam mobile. <laughs> and, that's a tea, right? What's a tea? meal. That's the tea that makes you sleepy. That's chamomile. Yeah. Different different one. Okay. Yeah. If you want meal tea, it's it's basically just chamomile, but some clam juice. Yeah. Canned clam juice. So it's like clamato. Yes. That's what clamato is. Ew. Listener, thank you for skipping ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the show begins now. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Supreme Resort. I'm Chaz Cool Guy. Hi, Uh-oh. YouTube. There we go. Uh, just keep swimming until you find Nemo. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Um, it, 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 there's not a whole lot else to say uh, it, that Jimmy didn't already say, other than this is an Omni, Omni Mover attraction that takes you through uh, a large aquarium instead of getting into a can. Mm. So, yes. We'll get into this when we get into the ride, but there's a concept called, uh, I think Tony Baxter coined the phrase book report ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a book report for sure. Right. Um, And I think there's probably elements of that in the submarines as well. But anyway, we'll get to that later. It may or may not be the same show. (laughs) 
Hmm. Same non-screens. Yeah, a little, little different. <laughs> I am extremely excited to find out how those things work. I am as well. Yeah. I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all looking forward to learning this week. Okay. That's as right. we prepare for the show that we're telling you about now. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, is uh, it history yes. time? Uh, wait, yeah, go for it. Wait, wait, I'm the host. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. Is it history time? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, have you finished your overview? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Great. I would love to hear the history of, of each of these rides in the same order that we did previously. Excellent. I'm the host. Welcome um, to the well, show. <laughs> Judge Dan. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you cannot discuss the history of the Finding Nemo submarine voyage without well, discussing the history of the original submarine voyage. And you can't talk about the original submarine voyage without discussing the shortest lived attraction ever in Tomorrowland. That is, of course, Phantom Boats. Uh, wow. I thought you were going to say we're the one going all we're the way back. To say. <laughs> Rocket Rods? No, the, the Utopia. The oh, other, the, the Utopia. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, was that, that, was, that was by uh, Small World. Fantasyland. So the Phantom Boats Utopia. Many of you maybe have heard of Phantom Boats before. I know I'd heard of it, but I had no idea what it was. I had no frame of reference of where it was. It turns out, and this is from an article by Todd James Pierce on a website called Disney History Institute, which I did not know existed. Oh, uh, I, love, a, I, I love Todd James Pierce's podcast. What's it called? The Disney History Institute. Aha. <laughs> so, I, unironically, I really, it's a really great show. I'm sure. It, it, so, this, um, I, I've taken some things out because this, this short article is, is describing a photo and this is an audio medium. So, I'm not, I took out some of the things that it's talking about. Okay. So, he says, as long as we're on the subject of boats, I recently was going through a box of 1955, 1956 Disneyland slides and found a nice, never before published image of the shortest lived attraction at Disneyland. <laughs> the boats in Tomorrowland. These boats were housed in Tomorrowland Lagoon, which is roughly where the submarine lagoon is now situated. Originally called the Tomorrowland Boats, they opened to the public July 1955. Designed as an attraction where young pilots could motor a boat around the lagoon like an aquatic <laughs> version of Autopia, the attraction soon provided proved problematic. Oh, really? How so? Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, the fiberglass boats were poorly designed, particularly in the engine compartment. The enclosed motors quickly overheated as young boaters tried for speed. With the boats <laughs> then towed back to the dock. To add to the problems, these motors also threw off a lot of smoke. Over time, Disneyland formed two solutions to these problems. One, Engineers redesigned the back end of each boat, enclosing the motor, which limited ambient smoke but increased engine heat. And two, park operations added an employee to eat pilot each boat to ensure the boats didn't overheat. These are two or three person boats, by the way. The park also <laughs> renamed the boats the Phantom Boats. With this, the boat attraction became a money loser for the park. On peak days, the 14 little boats required 14 employees to operate them, oh, man. each boat carrying two or maybe three guests at most. <laughs> the Phantom Boats turned their final lap around the Little Lagoon in August 1956, a little more than a year after the park first opened. When the attraction first opened, the banks of the lagoon, as well as the island, were bare dirt. Can you imagine? I found the boats beautifully styled, especially with their bat ray tail fins, but a beautiful vehicle designed by itself is not enough to keep the attraction open. 
The boats in Tomorrowland were the first attraction to be removed from Disneyland. <laughs> to put this in perspective, what another troublesome Tomorrowland attraction, the rocket rods lasted nearly three years. The phantom boats lasted just one. Wow. And what a beautiful three years that was. Okay. So um, strap in. There is a book <laughs> called The Disneyland Story. We've re- referenced it. We've referred to it in the past. And in all of my research for the submarines, all of it was succinctly-ish encompassed by Mr. Genoway in the Disneyland story. So I present to the court the pages about the submarine voyage from the <laughs> Disneyland story. Are you ready? Wow, we've never come with evidence. This is the most official court proceeding yeah, we've ever done for evidence. So, so we're clear, and this is proper citation. What you're about to do is read from this book. I'm about to read from this book, The Disneyland Story. It's four pages. All right. It's interesting. It's, um, it's all-encompassing without a lot of unnecessary details, with the exception of the detail of everything that happened on the submarine voyage attraction. Stop me if you get bored. Eric, do we have uh, reading music? Uh, oh, hang on. Uh, I'll find it. You start reading okay. and I'll, I'll, okay. I'll pipe in some, some music. Okay. This chapter. <laughs> okay. He chapter says. five. <laughs> Walt Disney's Disneyland, 1959, 1966. Page number 154. Starting on 154, ending on uh-huh. 158. So, listener at home, you can read along you can unless read you're driving. Along. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> In which case, sub- pull over the car and get your copy of this book out <laughs> of the glove compartment. Of course, is in the glove compartment. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So, the subheading of this is Give Them a Real Show. One of the most unusual Disney attractions ever created was the $2.5 million submarine voyage, which opened on June 6, 1959. Submarine Voyage was born of an attraction that didn't make it off the drawing board. Dick Irvine's glass bottom boat ride over a picturesque lagoon in Tomorrowland was similar to the boats that attracted tourists to Catalina Island near Los Angeles. Sorry, by As, the way, listener, I, I hope you all realize at this point, we could have had Asher do this. So you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> As wow, so often happened. <laughs> As so often happened, Walt saw the proposal and had a different idea. No, let's do a real submarine ride. Let me see if I can do a Walt voice. No, let's do a real submarine ride. We could also have had Walt do this. No, we could have. We could. Yes, we could. Uh, in post. <laughs> he can, Walt continues, let's take them down and give them the ports to look out of. Give them a real show. The ride was inspired by the United States Navy's participation in the International Exploration of the Antarctic for the International Geophysical Year 1957 to 1958, the event that spawned three segments on the Disneyland television show, Antarctic, Past and Present, 1956, Operation Deep Freeze, 1957, and To the South Pole for Science in 1957. At one point, the Navy... So it sounds like you weren't going... The 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 going beneath the North Pole thing, while it might have felt arbitrary to someone who wrote it in the eighties, it was connected to something. It is, and I'll go into more detail about that. Okay. Oh, one detail: the U.S. Navy wanted to sponsor the ride, but Walt said no. He did not want to become involved with government bureaucracy, 
Instead, the sponsor was General Dynamics, a firm closely associated with American nuclear submarines. According to a press release, by the way, General Dynamics, uh, that uh, the guy, um, C.V. Wood, where he worked. Oh, um, oh, that was his company. Okay. Yeah. A firm closely associated with this American nuclear. According to a press release, General Dynamics provided technical data advice in building the Disneyland submarine fleet. Bob Gurr did the initial drawings and adapted the look of the USS Nautilus. You hear that? Mm. The USS Nautilus with a uh, conning tower and portholes. Engineering of the submarines was a challenge. He gathered as much information as he could with the assumption that the submarines would actually submerge six feet below the water. Ooh. Gurr thought he could power the boats using a cable system. He and Roger Brogy traveled to San Francisco to inspect their world-famous historic cable cars. After a day with their operations people, Gurr and Brogy quickly shelved the cable system. Another part of the development process was the construction of a mock-up of half the submarine out of wood, framing, and cardboard. They wanted to see how people would, would board and how they would uh, view the show. What they discovered was that once the show started, nobody really cared about the seats. What happened <laughs> was the guests would slide forward, pushing their faces in the round portholes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right? With the guests leaning forward, they quickly became unaware of anybody sitting near them. <laughs> Cringe up. This meant <laughs> the Imagineers would install flip-down seats with a very short 19-inch pitch and really squeeze everybody together between the spiral staircases at each end. Oh, yeah. They you definitely they feel that. And that's why, everybody, because you weren't paying attention to anything. You were facing the porthole. So uh, 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 lots, tell, lots of knee rubbing. Tell me, if you, <laughs> yep. tell me if you get into this, and I'll, I'll drop the question. Are you intended to shove your face in there? It was not the intention, but it's the result of testing. Okay. And that's why the seats are so close together. So that relates more are, to the, the, so that's, that's why the seats are the way they are. It's a behavioral uh, response. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> okay. They installed air conditioning vents in the portholes to simulate breathing in a diving helmet. Oh. That's pretty cool. And to uh. provide additional ventilation. Thank you, COVID. The also, <laughs> not, also to not fog up the glass. That's also true. It's, the interior it's very was nice outfitted to have in military though. gray, exposed wires, and metal caged lamps. Once the testing was completed, Walt had his team dig a test pond to test some of the gags in the water. They installed a 40-foot concrete pool of water covered with pipes, planks, ropes, and wires, and placed the mock-up under the water behind a plate glass window. That configuration allowed Gurr and Brogy to animate the vinyl figures to create the most lifelike movement. Many of the early animation effects were very simple, usually uh, consisting of fish hanging by wires and uh, encircling from turntables overhead. Walt frequently dropped by to see what was happening. The project called for eight 52-foot fully air-conditioned submarines, each with enough individual 12-inch portholes for 38 passengers. They were built at the Todd Shipyards in San Pedro at a cost of $80,625 $80,625 each. Today's money, over $5 million per boat. Holy cow! <clears throat> the submarines were uh, flat-bottomed and had a hull displacement of 94,000 pounds. The chassis was made of 3-inch steel plate with steel ribs sh- uh, sheathed with steel plate. 
The fuselage ends were hand-hammered into shape. Hand-hammered. Guests would enter via one of two special staircases, one of the most inefficient load platforms of any attraction. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my own commentary, not from uh, Sam Genoway. The first of eight submarines was delivered on April 25th, and the lagoon was filled for the first time on April 26th. Testing I think, ended I, on, I think I read somewhere that they tried a speed ramp, but that made the submarines yeah. themselves impossibly large. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and people um, kept thinking that they were descending um, into hell. Exactly. Ooh, and that's why it's so effective at yeah. the, right. uh, yeah. the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Appellate court. Uh, <laughs> testing ended on May 2nd, and the rest of the fleet was delivered by my father in law's calling me um, May 23rd. The sparkling. Your father in law nine... calls you May 23rd? <laughs> no, calls it's me not, every day. It's not even made. And by the way, that was not in Sam Genoway's book. Uh, doesn't say anything about his father. <laughs> also, I'm noticing like when you started getting when you started talking about I'm going to read straight from the book, I was like, that's weird. That's kind of. But then like as I'm hearing you, I'm imagining myself doing this research and going like, OK, am I really going to just like figure out my own way to connect these thoughts or should I just read this damn book? Cause that's yeah. essentially what's happening here. Cause it's exactly. like, yeah, you may as well just read it. Cause it's all, all of all this the stuff information there. is going <laughs> to, exactly. That, that's where I landed. I spent a lot of time like, I'm just going to read the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sparkling 9 million gallon submarine that keep that in mind, Eric, for future arguments, I guess for future gallonage. Yeah. Sparkling 9 million gallon submarine lagoon was kept clear by a vacuum system. I, this, I always wondered why this is so clean. Here's why. A vacuum system that pulled up to 1,800 gallons of water per minute through filter Whoa. screens and a diatonaceous earth filter. Diatonaceous earth filter? Do you want to know what diatonaceous earth means? I sure do. It is diatonaceous earth is made from fossilized remains of tiny aquatic organisms it's called diatoms. So it's like a, 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 a bottom of the sea creature filter. Huh. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah. The water was uh, tested three times a day, and the park claimed that it was pure enough to drink. Once the lagoon was filled, Mm. initial testing (laughs) took place during the daytime, while Bob Sewell and his divers worked overnight for three months installing the seaweed, fish, clams, mermaids, and other props throughout the ride. Fortunately, Sewell and Bud uh, Washoe developed a way to bypass the usual sculpting work and cast a plaster mold from the body of a specimen fish. Considering there were 539 stationary figures and 126 animated figures and 15,000 underwater plants, this meant a huge savings in time and money. The submarines traveled at 1.8 miles per hour, 1.8, along 1,365 feet of track, with 650 feet out in front in the lagoon. By the way, uh, in case you were waiting for the answer to this, Allison Janney was, in fact, in Finding Nemo. And if you are uh, looking to cast any voice artists and find Allison Janney too expensive, April Winchell is the one to go with. Is she the one that's (laughs) in the ride? Oh, I bet she is. Okay. The submarines traveled one point. I thought that's what you were looking up. Because the submarines actually did fly. I knew Alice and Janney was in the movie. That's why I said I think it's her in the ride. Okay, hold on. Okay. Because the submarines actually floated, um, because they did. um, 
Oh, yeah, sorry. Because the submarines actually did float, they were connected to two 10-foot guide wires. Each submarine was powered by a German-made MAN, and that stands for Manschefabrik Augsburg Nuremberg, yep. a mechanical <laughs> engineering company, 40-horsepower diesel engine that generated electrical current to the 10-horsepower motor. It was selected by Admiral Joe Fowler because it was t- especially quiet. The sub had a 34-inch four-blade bronze propeller. Each boat was named after a U.S. Navy nuclear-powered submarine, <laughs> including the Nautilus, Seawolf, Skate, Skipjack, Triton, George Washington, Patrick Henry, and Ethan Allen. Also great furniture. <laughs> Walt called it the world's largest peacetime submarine fleet. There's a story about uh, Nikita Khrushchev. I don't know if it's a famous story that he wanted to come to Disneyland and they wouldn't let him. They, they said, basically, the government said, we can't keep you safe. And Walt was very upset he couldn't go because he wanted to show him his submarine fleet. <laughs> By the way, Allison Janney is the voice on the ride. Nice. As a submarine pilot, a cast member was responsible for controlling the forward and backward movement as well as the speed. I always wondered that. So the pilot is actually controlling the movement and the speed. And he, at the time, was responsible for keeping a certain distance from the submarine in front of him by watching the running lights. He also advanced the narration tape. Huh. Yeah. Like Trevor Markings, like our, like our podcast? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> okay. It's in there pressing pause on the old tape machine. <laughs> the adventure lasted eight minutes and 15 seconds. A lightly themed boating loading dock was placed underneath the monorail platform. Lightly themed. Lightly themed. <laughs> to allow passengers to board the submarine, they had a music ramp playing, is what that means. <laughs> That's right. Lightly themed. A ramp was lowered to the, from the dock to the boat, which led to a spiral staircase to each of the seats. Uh, to reach the seats is what I meant to write. Say, read. They, <laughs> the very right turn. A very tight turn of the staircase added to an authentic cramped feeling. That is for sure. Once the guests were seated, the hatch was lowered and the thud and tightened down. For those who were claustrophobic, this was not a good moment. Mm-hmm. My mom hated this ride. Yeah. <laughs> when the submarine left the dock, a torrent of air bubbles rapidly passed by the portholes, providing the illusion that the craft was descending. And it did. It scared the crap out of me when I was a kid <laughs> until I learned that you could just look up and see the sky. <laughs> All of the True. sets and effects were a, a mirror image to serve both sides of the submarine. The combination of floating figures, both close up and far away, created a sense of great depth. The lagoon was filled with anglefish, bonito, sea bass, and crabs. Guests would encounter lobsters fighting, quote unquote, and observe a fight between an octopus and a shark. Giant clams, like those found in the East Indies and Australia, sat on a seabed. A simple visual effect was that was the kelp beds being stirred up by passing subs. Mm-hmm. As the submarines mm-hmm. approached the waterfall, moray eels popped out of crevices frighteningly close to the portholes. Remember those too. The rest of the attraction was placed inside a huge hidden reinforced concrete parking structure. It what? was a reinforced concrete parking structure is what they built. Huh. Wait a minute. Ru- yeah. So like behind like the area where they kind of like pull you pull the the sub out for maintenance? I don't know. I don't know but I, I this was, it was built not as a parking structure but that's what it is. Like it huh. wasn't I an existing parking structure. That's a weird choice of maybe he means that 
that's also where they would park the subs. It probably is, so right? Yeah. In, so they can go 9A. <clears throat> right. So, all right. The roof was almost one acre. Bill Evans wanted to landscape the roof to hide the building. So the roof was capped with five feet of earth at the center, tapering off to two foot at edges for drainage. Guests would not be aware that below the landscape were sea serpents, a giant squid, whales, and lost ships in the sunken city of Atlantis. As the ride progressed, the captain suggested that a storm was approaching and reassured the passengers that the sub could dive below the storms. However, the captain pointed out other... Other craft have not been so fortunate. The illusion was enhanced by the roar created by the waterfall that was used to hide the entrance to the show building. The submarine was equipped with some hydrophones that allowed guests to listen in on the deep sea creatures. The first and scene inside... Go ahead. The captain was Paul Fries. Was it? Oh, yeah. I yeah. can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah. And um, Stay by the way... the tottering columns. Whenever... <laughs> The few times that the bubbles didn't work, <laughs> you, you saw why they were there. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, good point. Uh, the first scene inside the building was the graveyard of lost ships. Remnants of broken Greek, Roman, and Viking ships were scattered amid the coral reef. A group of treasure-seeking divers struggled with a treasure chest by uh, lighted by a satellite submarine. From there... This is what I was going to get back to. The submarines recreated the historic voyage of the actual USS Nautilus, which left Hawaii on July 22nd, 1958, on course for the North Pole. On August 3rd, 1958, at 11.15 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Commander William R. Anderson informed the Nautilus crew that they had reached the North Pole. That is Jimmy, what you're trying to recreate Let me give you a flashback to some of the earlier days of this podcast. Yeah. But... That's not the same because you're going to Anaheim. So uh, minus 17,000 points. <laughs> that's before we did more than one point. Oh. Um, as the, but that, that's the point of the ride is it's recreating the actual thing that happened. These boats were based on the USS Nautilus and this right. is what the USS Nautilus did. Well, then I'm okay. This is I'm going to continue to give no, you no. flashbacks. So then if that if they really wanted to simulate that, this would be an adventure land where you already have a Hawaiian theme. So whatever you say, whatever you say, you're right. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> As the narrator recounted the story, guests peered through the portholes. I'm almost this is the last page, by the way. Uh, peered through the portholes to see the blue and white glow from the bottom of an iceberg. As the submarine dove deeper, the captain explained, "Here in this realm of eternal darkness, nature has provided her creatures with their own eerie luminescence." Swimming near the boat were fluorescent jellyfish with giant teeth and illuminated hooks dangling from their mouths. If that is not frightening enough, the 50-foot giant squid dragging a killer whale into its mouth did the trick. As the story goes, there was once a great island at the mouth of the Mediterranean Sea. It was there where most or where man first rose from a state of barbarism to civilization. The lost continent of Atlantis was discovered with a satellite sub. What happened? The captain spoke of an undersea volcano as the boat passed over remnants of a crumbled ancient city. It's a shame they never a had a movie about Atlantis. Oh, right. And they could have based this right off of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. um, there were a giant statue of a foot broken off uh, at the ankle and a giant stone head. Suddenly, red lights started flashing and bubbles were seen outside the portholes. The captain told his guests, this confirms it. That seething mountain still denies rest to the civilization it destroyed thousands of generations ago. 
Helmsman, steer clear the tottering columns. Can't By the Paul way, Freeze. fun fact that is maybe not so fun. Um, <laughs> that line, when I went to, to Disneyland, it must have been like 85, 86 ish. I'm old. Um, I went with a friend and her sister brought a friend along and that that friend was talking over and over again on the drive. Now, mind you, this is pre-internet, pre-YouTube talking over and over again about how she was really looking forward to the submarines because she had to get a quote for the word seething for her Ooh, English class. I had that class. This I is, did too. Uh, I did not do that name? assignment. Uh, oh. Showalter. <laughs> Showalter. She, that was great. I learned a lot of words. I definitely the best words. I put up a lot of resistance against that class, but she was a wonderful person. <laughs> Middle school teacher. Okay, everybody. This is Walter. We love yeah. her. Middle school teacher. She married her husband was the father of the children that she used to babysit. So this guy married his babysitter. Oh, wow. Um, Good for him. Lovely people. <laughs> um, they took me. I was what? A seventh, eighth grade, something like that. So 11, 12 years old. Uh, right. Yeah. They took me, just the three of us, to the opening of the Richard Nixon Library. Wow. It's very strange. Wow. Looking back, why would you take a 12 year old boy to anywhere? But anyway, <laughs> that's that. Well, okay, yeah, that, but that that's that's interesting. Yeah, maybe they I just thought they took you me were to dinner to the elephant bar. Remember the elephant bar? I do remember the elephant bar. Yeah. Uh, was it because you dressed like Richard Nixon all the time? Well, of course, <laughs> I you know, constantly saying I'm not a crook, etc. Yeah. That must have been um, Yeah. And they knew I love Disney and they're like, oh, you know, Richard Nixon, that, I'm not a crook, contemporary resort. Uh, just, be, just beyond, there were th three mermaids swimming in a circle, admiring some of the 14,000 heads, jewels, and treasures stowed among the, the ruins. Blaine Gibson had sculpted the mermaids out of clay, and then they were cast in Duraflex. It was Walt's idea to have the mermaids go without uh, with seashell bras. What? Mm-hmm. The goodness. final gag was the encounter with a 60-foot-long sea serpent. Before guests saw the mythical beast, they heard the first ma mate say, Sir, it looks like a... It is! It's a sea serpent! Then in between the rocks appeared a smooth green surface, the body of the sea serpent. The payoff was a funny-looking, rather confused sea serpent. <laughs> we, sh we should enter this in the log, shouldn't we? Asked the first mate. No, no, no. Forget it. No, we would leave us anyway, answered Just, the captain. The sea serpent will follow <laughs> you home. <laughs> I think we've been submerged too long. Stand by to surface. The submarines passed under another waterfall and then waited uh, for an open landing berth. For opening day, almost done, Walt wanted to have real mermaids to entertain the guests. Disneyland uh, hired hold professional. On. Did he know that mermaids didn't exist? Well, clearly they do. We just saw them in the ride, Dan. Uh, but then Walt why would Disney the captain be so confused? Dummy. Walt Disney. <laughs> All right, I'll get that in a minute. For opening day, Walt had real mermaids to entertain the guests. Disneyland hired professional swimmers who were fitted with flexible lower bodies and tails. Tommy <laughs> Walker choreographed all mermaids and they lasted until the summer of 1967. Oh my god, that's too long for that to last. It is. Wow. <laughs> Due to the ultraviolet light 
and the chlorine, the paint faded, tended to fade rapidly. So a program was set up for a complete rehabilitation every six years. The attraction would prove to be a maintenance headache. The end. So, and every time they had to drain it, then they had to rebuild the Matterhorn, right? Because that thing would suck. That's right, because it would collapse. (laughs) It would collapse. Yeah, Yeah, it just collapse every time. (laughs) So I had no idea the mermaids lasted that long. Yeah, it was a long That's time. Insane. I, just, I I seriously thought it was like maybe a year, maybe two before H, before an HR office formed and was like, uh, Walt no <laughs> that's that's wrong okay think think about how that would work in the world that's why it's not working in the world <laughs> that's right and I, I think there's a, a, a bunch a, of sun bleached women in addition to all the rocks that need to be repainted Jesus. all these all these women are just dying in the sun uh, and i think there was a story no, about like no, teenage like, boys swimming out to find them Right, and there's no like Dasani water bottle next to them. They like, oh yeah, God. these days where everybody's got a little holster with a water bottle. Right, everyone's woke. <laughs> See, there you go, <laughs> listener. You're welcome. No. Um, also, I watched a video, uh, Kevin Perjurer in Defunct Land. Um, they would they would pay these mermaids a dollar sixty five a day or an hour in 1967 dollars. In twenty seven, in twenty seventeen dollars, that was twelve dollars an hour. Oh, so twenty twenty three dollars, even more. Yes, slightly more. Still <laughs> not minimum wage. Slightly more. Well, I maybe they were improv actors and they were really getting paid in exposure. <laughs> That's right. And so were they the exposure? <laughs> Can you imagine there was like I, I forget how many hours a day they were out there, but it, it's a lot. Ooh. Can you and like just taking the break like swimming <laughs> swimming yeah. away weirdly yeah you're gonna go get a hamburger from the and they yeah and how did they get out i'm not sure where they water. went water like they had water. to have peed in that water well they'd be peeing in their rubber that's a good point they'd be peeing in their rubber suits walt did for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes walt definitely <laughs> peed in there no i mean like let's be honest like they they're submerged. All you got to do, I believe we've all peed in the pool. Everyone's peed in the pool. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is, you know, get a, far enough away get from the people. Water. So, listener, if you've never peed in a pool, this is how you do it. Make sure that you're not <laughs> surrounded by people so that no one goes like, why is it suddenly 98 degrees warmer? And you, and you just kind of play around. Maybe you can you'd full on swim if you want and just let it go. It's not like, any surprises are going to happen. Yeah, except the water's going to change colors. Not if you're properly hydrated. Tale? Yeah, Not if you're that, properly that, hydrated. Oh, oh, well. Remember okay. that old wives' tale? If you pee in the pool, they put a special dye in the water that the turns, dye. The, yeah. turns yeah. the water like purple or something when you Not pee. Not going to lie. Every time I pee in a pool, it, it crosses my mind. I'm like, right? this might be the time. But I'm just like, that you know quicksand. Quicksand was going to be a much bigger Let's deal when I was an adult. Yeah. So that's how you pee in a pool. And I'm pretty sure that the mermaids did in all that time. Like they, it's not like they were like, Oh, this is such a great gig. I'm so well taken care of. I'm definitely not going to pee in this pool. And all by by extension, this costume, which by the way, is also in the chlorinated water. Mm -hmm. It'd be stupid not to. Agreed. Um, So anyway, that's the, that's the history of the submarine voyage at Disneyland. 
And I thought it was interesting. It's a good book. I really, I'm, I have an audio version of it as well. And I've just, I just kind of listen to it. It, it soothes me. Hmm. And it, it basically goes not a day by day, but like kind of year by year, what opened, what closed, you know, a lot of Walt stuff. And then it gets, it takes you through after DCA opens, talks about Star Wars, the adventures continue, that kind of stuff. So it's a pretty good play by play of Disneyland. And yeah. It's, it's good. an it's a good book. Excellent, excellent book. Yeah, I should get no, I, Sam on um, the hub crawl. What would he? But what about this show? <laughs> what, that, that's, where they, that's where we audition guests. Um, <laughs> I am. So that took me back a little bit to the creepy aesthetics of the original ride, which mm-hmm. I miss and loved. Um, <laughs> could be purely nostalgia. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's why I wanted to read it all because it goes through the, the attraction that we love so much. And by the way, if you were interested listener, spectral radio plays the entire show, um, fairly often of the whole submarine voyage, both, both the original and the updated one, which is essentially the same, Eh, a lot of the same dialogue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of callbacks. Uh, and also if you watch the original, right on youtube it's actually it benefits a lot from the weird quality of it because if you think about it you would you would have watched it with your naked eyes against a glass underwater but here you have the extra filter of it being probably vhs Mm -hmm. um through the glass it's like it's like it's like a copy of a copy of a copy um in terms of like the your connection to it it totally works because it looks like just old footage of going underwater like you don't see some of the i guess the jankiness of some of the effects is lost in that translation so it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. um as you were talking i thought about how how am i gonna be looking like looking at some of these things and i have most improved most impressive and most effective as categories (laughs) that i'm going to be looking at um i don't know that i'm there yet but this is damn impressive so in terms of I feel like at least two points for impressiveness. And I don't know that the C's will or will not surpass that. Mm. Woke is an adjective derived from the African-American vernacular (laughs) English, Uh Uh meaning alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. I'll tell you what it really means after we start. Stop recording. Yeah. <laughs> That's a point for that commenter because I'm gonna let Jimmy have it. <laughs> oh, because as you know, I'm just playing a character. Uh, Eric, tell me about the history of the seas and and their friends and their friends. All right. Uh, well, since Jimmy read from a book, I'm gonna read from a book. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Book Talk. Yeah, uh, Book is, Talk is, is sponsored book? by our uh, a new sponsor. They are uh, single writers. Mm. Um, oh wait, wait, wait! Chat. Oh. <laughs> hey, hang on. Okay. Um, it's literature discussions. Your attention, please. <laughs> Uh, so book chat is uh, a new segment sponsored by a uh, sponsor that's been with us for a while. I still don't fully understand it. It's single writers. I think it's an app might be a website. Uh, it is where you can, uh, it says here, 
book a date, which is weird, uh, with a fellow single writer. Uh, it suggests fun fall time activities like reading a horror book. I feel like they're really leaning in on this this reading thing, this book thing. Uh, have you have you? Th- uh, it says here Christmas is coming up. Have you thought of reading the Good Book with uh, a? A new love. Oh, kind of weird, kind of aggressive on the the religious part. But hey, whatever. It's, I bet- it's still a little little vague. I yeah. mean, so yeah. I guess what it is is you download the app, you go to the parks, and you're like, hey, I guess I guess I want to meet some stranger, and we can argue over like where to sit on Thunder Mountain or something. I don't know. But if that's if that's something that you want to do, uh, I think it's singlewriters.co. Ru.net.biz, uh, or I think you get it in, in the app store. Jimmy's the only one that gets the actual good copy, and I don't know why. But uh, yeah, man, there it is. That was, that was very clear last time. Yeah, it says it says again. Please promote on show. So I've promoted on the show, and uh, it says enjoy book. Are so, you alone? <laughs> Do you like books about Disney theme parks? <laughs> Come to single writer. <laughs> and now an example of why Jimmy does what he does and why I do what I do. <laughs> you might find there are other people who also read books about Disney theme parks. Find a partner who you can read together in singlewriters.net. Single writers, the place for Disney theme park fans to find mates. <laughs> On my copy, <laughs> they, they they sent him copy too. That's great. Well, we okay. heard the last episode. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring our show, Single Riders. I love this this this, this new talent that we've unlocked. <laughs> I just think it's a good idea. I don't. <laughs> there, there, I'm going to say it. I said it before we started recording. Listener, you like Disney theme parks, right? <laughs> Waiting for a response? Okay. Yeah, we know you do. That's why you listen to the show. Now, are you single? Okay. You're single. You like Disney theme parks. Maybe it's not your whole world, but it's something you're passionate about. And you're single. Wouldn't you like to find someone else who also has a passion for Disney theme parks? You have something in common already. Places you can go together. Things you can talk about together. And what a better way to find a mate who you share a common passion. Mm-hmm. That way, single writers. I just, I feel like it's a clever name, but I feel like these kinds of dating apps generally attract the worst kinds of people. Oh, Disney theme park fans are the worst kind of people. No, I just, Damn. I, I think that, that shots um, fired. I think it's These a cute idea. are paying idea. us, Dan. Well, okay. I think it's a great idea. Um, I okay. I in no way think that someone who is waiting for this specific product to engage in any kind of a date online dating thing. Uh, in no way do I think that that is a non-interesting person. Okay, time to skip ahead again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to good ad read. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for adding your your opinions on our sponsor, Dan. 
I'm just saying, if you are listening to this and you're thinking, again, that that thing exists, it's our sponsor. If it didn't exist and you're listening to this and you're like, I think I'm going to make that because that's a really good. Just please don't. Just please, (laughs) please don't. If it didn't, where where are these checks coming from, Dan? I told trademark. I don't know how to I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say and keep reality alive at the same time. Singlewriters.love, move on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the living seas. Uh, (laughs) The seas with Nemo and friends started out as a different pavilion that opened not with Epcot. Um, in 1982, it opened on January 15th, 1986. Oh, so several years later, one of the latest additions uh, to the park that was supposed to be part of the original park. Um, now, what's interesting? Uh, there's nothing interesting. Sorry, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have said that. There's nothing interesting about this. Don't uh, tell them that. Don't tell them. Oh, that. oh, sorry. This is a very interesting thing. There we uh, go. The because it was something that was in in planning for so long, uh, they Disney did a lot of promotional work around the Living Seas because they they knew what was going into it. So in Walt Disney's Epcot Center, uh, creating the New World of Tomorrow. So I'm I'm looking at a book. <laughs> um, they lay out a lot of concept art. That has uh, that was completely not done. <laughs> uh, the original concept of the uh, of of the pavilion was going to be they wanted to make a giant fish tank, which they did. Mm-hmm. But they wanted the pavilion to basically be inside a bubble in the center of this fish tank. And eventually that was declared to be uh, not feasible. So they built a large fish tank and. um you know, wrapped the pavilion around it in different ways. Can I uh, interject something real quick, Eric? Yes, you can. Um, remember we talked about, cause I don't want to forget um, <clears throat> the seas, the, the submarine lagoon has 9 million gallons of water. Mm-hmm. The seas with Nemo and friends is by the way, the sixth largest aquarium in the <clears throat> world. Yes. And the second largest in the United States, only smaller than the Georgia aquarium. Right. And it holds 50, I'm oh, sorry, 5.7. 5.7. Yes. 5.7 million gallons. At the time, it was the largest. That's right. Tank Until in the, the Georgia world. Aquarium. Right. Sorry. Well, you're just skipping ahead just for, for the sake of saying that your your lagoon has more water. Okay. Great. Thanks, Thanks Jimmy. <laughs> I'm sure they use diatomaceous earth to filter the living seas as well. And the manatees are just people dressed up as manatees. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's characters. Yes. They're, they're characters in rubber suits <laughs> swimming around. Definitely peeing in the manatee costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're paid um, under minimum wage as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the original concept was to involve uh, Poseidon. The god of the sea. They're in cabbage, is what they. <laughs> they're, they're, they're people who really, really like cabbage. That's how they got the job. Ed, Epcot's big on cabbage. Yes. 
I'm sorry. I'm uh, listener. I'm I'm sorry. Just welcome back because you skipped ahead. Okay. And chapter <laughs> mark starts here. Chapter the original design. 57. <laughs> the original design. Uh, included this dark ride where Poseidon would would push back the seas to allow your Omni mover um, inside the fish tank and uh, go uh, basically go under the fish tank and into this big bubble. Did by chance. I'm only asking because this other thing also exists in Florida. By chance, were you did you go through a tunnel of water that spins around you? Um, spinning around you, um, I, I don't know that that was part of the, uh, original design. I think what I'm getting at is how likely is it that some rogue Imagineer went over to Universal and was like, Hey, what about Atlantis? Universal didn't exist at the time. Maybe that person built Before. Universal Studios. Wow, that's a good that's a good thought. No, but yeah, I mean, the time frame the time frame Hollywood. isn't entirely out of whack. I think there's 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 a chance that some Imagineer was just like, hey, if you're thinking of ideas for this Islands of Adventure thing, there's this thing that I saw in the archives that we might want to think about. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm gonna give a point to myself. Hmm, okay. Hi, I'm Hewell Hauser. Perfect. <laughs> nice and ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so Poseidon um, would calm the storm of the seas and allow you to enter your Omni Mover and head into uh, head into the, the attraction. Um, I could. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Essentially, you were heading to a sea base in the year 2030 to show that man has become has found a way to become harmonious with his planet and uh, now lives in harmony under the sea uh, and conducts experiments and uh, is essentially demonstrating to you here are the, the, the amazing wonders that we can do with our world in the year 2030. Uh, it's kind of weird because um, they did most of this in the end. Uh, they they did have a ride, didn't have Poseidon in there, but they did install a a dark ride on Omni Mover ride through the aquarium um, or next to the aquarium. And uh, inside you did have modules that you could you could see, you could walk around, you could view some of these things except it wasn't a future scape it wasn't like horizons or the other parts of future world this was here's what we're doing now kind of like living with the land these pavilions were designed to show off that this is what we're doing in the seas and here's some experiments we can show you my memory of the ride itself was at that in that incarnation was kind of like Okay, why why is this right exactly? Like, yeah, it, like it was more of a seated conveyance than an actual like ride, in my memory. Right. In fact, I I remember reading some it was probably Burn Bomb or something. Um, before going to Disney World, I remember reading someone comment that like, <laughs> was it Burn Bomb nineteen ninety six? It could have been. Um, or I think it was, wow, what was the the unofficial guide? I think those, those were the two I had. Uh -huh. um, 
one of them, probably unofficial guide because they weren't, you know, up the ass with the company. Um, they said, yeah, to be uh, to be honest, if you go if you go to the seas multiple times, you'll find that you just want to walk. Through the seas? Well, through from the entrance to the actual exhibit, because there was that option. It was uh, like eventually. Uh, yeah, eventually. eventually. <laughs> Not at the start. Right, right. Because because I think a lot of people had that feeling of like, uh, OK, I just sat through this whole thing and now I have to now I have to take this right. I can walk faster. I just want to go see the people dressed up as manatees. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, the way it actually opened in 1986 uh, you would first come in and enter one of two theaters Here to we go. watch a short film called The Sea, which is where my sound came from, The Deluge. Uh, the film was essentially a an exploration of Earth in its earliest days and uh, how how water came to be and how the seas were formed uh, as a, a as the narrator says, it rained and it rained and it rained. I just realized something that yes. we need to address in terms of figuring out most improved. And okay. Jimmy's playing peekaboo. Um, <laughs> I, still, I know you're there. I have object permanence. Um, <laughs> sure you do, Dan. Now I had I haven't for a while, but I got it. Um, Came in the mail. I <laughs> object permanence.com. Uh, <laughs> in order to determine the most improved, we need to figure out does are we counting this as part of the ride? It's the queue, isn't it? Well, this was it, yeah, this was this was the pre-show. So I'd say it's the queue of the original ride. I agree. You, you waited realize, in a you realize that this doesn't help you in the long I run. Do. But listen, uh, no, I want no, this to be Eric. as objective as possible. Oh, I know, Eric. Eric it doesn't oh, help really? Eric for most really? improved. Uh, Interesting. Because they got rid of. But, but good point. is it more improved? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I, I haven't gotten <clears> to. I think what he's saying is you're going to find that maybe the Nemo queue is more improved than is the your queue. Because it was so cool before and now it's not. I think that's what he's getting at. I'm saying if we're including the hydrolators, if we're including the the all part of the queue, if we're including the the film, which was that wonderful like fear fear and embrace Very science thing that I love so oh, much. Yeah. If that is counting as part of the ride, I cannot say that yours has a good chance of winning the most improved category. Uh, but the ride itself. As you pointed I, out, is point. nothing. The good ride point. itself is nothing. It's you're you're going past. That's fair. And and I an aquarium. I mean, it, it's 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 a case to be made. And I'm I'm not I, I'm not there yet. But I'm just. It's just a thing that I encountered that. You might need to do some heavy lifting around. Okay. Would you like me to make a case? Absolutely. That's what we're here would for. You, would you like Would you like me to continue talking? Please. Okay, so I just wanted to get that out of the way because I oh, yeah. I, oh, I was yeah. looking at that in my notes. I'm just like, oh no, I forgot that the front end of this used to be like all of my favorite stuff. Oh, of course, yeah, and yeah, when it comes to most improved, yeah, the the as we'll get to it, 
the, the current Nemo Q is interesting. They've got diving equipment and such, but it's not distinctive. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Let's continue with this. Yeah, absolutely. Like Dan said, the 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 film was essentially it it was the kind of thing you'd expect to see at Epcot in in this this era. It was scary. It was loud. It was dark. It was about science. And basically, they're saying, hey, uh, there used to be a time when this this world was just a hunk of rock. And uh, maybe you haven't thought about that person who was brought up in a in a very religious household. Um <laughs> Maybe it hasn't occurred to you that that uh, science and um, yeah. So after you finished the film, you left and went to a hydrolator that would take you down to sea base alpha all the way down, all the way down. So far down. So, so far down. Now, the hydrolator was a fake elevator. Um United uh, United Technologies was the sponsor at the time, and they owned Otis Elevators. So this was an Otis fake elevator. It was a large circle. You would go in on either side. They had um, essentially a a tube of water, a, a vertical glass wall where you could see rock. You could see rock and light and water and bubbles. And as the elevator went down, the the wall, you know, spoiler alert for those who never figured this out, uh, because I sure didn't when I was a kid, uh, the the wall would start moving up. It would be on a little conveyor belt. So it looked like you're going down. The room would shake, would vibrate slightly. And as you went, they would dim the lights in the little capsule there, much like they did in the subs where they release another batch of bubbles and it would get darker and you descended far underneath uh, far underneath central Florida to reach uh, an undersea base. If anyone listening has been to escape from Gringotts, a very similar technique is used. very true. Yes. I was very delighted to see that they had created a fake elevator. That was much the same. Eric, Once, you're not there yet, but. As I recall, the first time seeing this, I mean, this is my first Epcot and it's, you know, 99 or something. Go on this thing and I'm fully convinced that I'm going down, uh-huh. first of all. Oh, yeah. And then Same. the doors open. Welcome to Seabase Alpha. Really awesome um, reveal. Mm-hmm. But you don't go on the hydrolators to leave the building. <laughs> yes. Right? No, yeah. you did. You just, you just walk out. No. So that's you, what I'm saying. Like, for a time, you get back in the hydrolators to get out. Right. But then after a while, I remember going back and going, there's the outside right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that was something that happened much later. Um, and we'll, we'll, yeah, you're right. We'll get there. But okay. in the Thank original you. iteration, you would take the hydrolators back up. Hmm. Uh, leading to a, a rumor, a, a long, one of those things that just kind of lives in park lore that someone had sued Disney because she claimed she got the bends coming up the bends, the right. <laughs> really an yeah. underrated album by the way um i oh, totally uh, <laughs> yeah i i read i remember reading at some point that they the elevators did actually go down but just like a couple feet 
to give you that feeling. But I don't know if that's accurate or not. I'm I don't believe so. I'm, I mean, like in Escape from Gringotts, the floor moves up and down. Oh, um, maybe that's it. But but it doesn't actually go anywhere. I mean, I'm going yeah. off of stuff I read 20, 25 years ago. So I remember one of the times I went on it, um, the, the door opens to reveal Seabase Alpha, and then it has to close again before the other passengers are let on to the other mm-hmm. side. Mm. I remember one time both doors were open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Wow. But yeah, it, so it really didn't go anywhere. I'm thinking of the current floor plan. Like there's, there's no up or down right there. It's just flat. But you you leave and you uh, you come out next to your Omni Mover. You come out to your C cabs, and the C cab will take you through the Caribbean Coral Reef ride that takes you to the middle of the tank. Oh, so you walk through. You wait in a little line. You hop on an Omni Mover. And um, that ride really doesn't doesn't do a whole lot. Mm-mm. You you head through the tank. You see, um, whoop, dropping stuff here. So I pull up my list. Uh, you head into the five point seven million gallon tank uh, to see more than two hundred varieties of sea life. There are more than five thousand individual organisms in this tank in general and uh sea bass parrotfish puffers barracuda butterfly fish angelfish sharks um hog snappers dolphins and and uh stingrays so there are a lot of different it, there's i mean it's it really is a massive undertaking and uh we're not really talking about the tank because we're talking about the ride right but um suffice it to say it's it's a big deal. This is something that was unprecedented at the time to build such a a large tank that um, you know we're talking uh, at eight inches thick acrylic. <laughs> um, I'm sorry <laughs> uh, for the walls of a tank, and that's I mean that's massive. This thing is is huge. And it's it's living. There's so much in there. It's a place where you can actually dive. You can go into it um, in the in Seabase Alpha itself, the fake Seabase. There are multiple modules that you can visit. There is a central uh, lock, a, a vertical tube, another can mm-hmm. where you can you can see every every few minutes they'd have a well, not every few minutes, probably every 15 to 30 minutes. They'd have a diver enter the tank and say, give a little speech about (laughs) what they're doing. I've just dove in everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they would talk about, they would talk about the tank and what they were doing in there. And here's how we feed the fish. And here's how we clean the tank. And here's how we get in through this, this thing. And uh, it's not really how you enter the tank, but you can. In my memory, and this is going to sound like your criticism, but I think, I don't think it is. Um, in my memory, a lot of the stuff that you see around that pavilion, and again, mm-hmm. I know we're talking about the ride, is kind of in the spirit of like, no, we we are actually doing something here, and it's really cool, and this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not so much about like, hey, this is this animal, and this is. I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it's more just like, hey, look at this cool thing we built. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, yeah. And they're talking about like, let's see. So module A, module 1A um, had a, let's see. So 24 foot long wave tank. Uh, they built an ocean ecosystem, 3000 gallon uh, lagoon. So an additional aquarium with sea anemone and uh, hermit crabs. They had a separate tank for predators like barracudas, moray eels, certain sharks. Um, There's the the Marine Mammal Research Center. That was module one B underwater viewing of uh, of manatees. There you go. Of of real manatees in this one. Dan. Uh, Mm. Objection, Your Honor. Uh, We're we're not talking about the Living Seas Pavilion. Talking about the ride. Well, uh, I uh, here's kind of where I'm coming to with this is that I feel like the original iteration of the submarines ride was kind of to be a proto Epcot experience of like, hey, look, look what this is, what technology can do. This is where we can go with it. And isn't that interesting? And now go visit the rest of Tomorrowland, which is just kind of in that spirit. And that's, um, that's, go ahead. Oh, that's fine. I it just, I'm, I'm taking off my uh, lawyer hat now from, from a podcast perspective. We're going to do <laughs> the history of the seas, the living seas. When we do the, the, the seas oh, the versus turtle, no, I know, art I know. of animation, t- turtle talk. Oh, okay. Right, right, okay. Right. You're no, right. I know that. I know that. Um, and I am looking at an original floor plan for the living seas and where the exit doors are today were in fact four hydrolators. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So. I, um, where I like to go with a lot of these is I'm, I'm trying to think like, okay, well, what, what was, what, what's this ride trying to do and which what's doing it the most effectively. Okay. And so, and this is just where I'm at. And I think the original subs, cause we haven't talked so much about the, the current one and maybe even the current one, it's more just like, Hey, isn't it cool? Underwater stuff exists. Here's a ride. And then off on your merry way, which is, not a bad thing. That's what rides are, what they can be. Um, where this one is very unique because I think it only exists to get you kind of bought into the idea that, okay, I, I, I'm now convinced that I want to spend a little bit of time here. It's part of the immersion. The point is to continue immersing you in right. this fantasy that you are in a you're you're going somewhere you're entering a research facility under the sea under orlando so the ride itself really is just going pat they would talk about the things that you're seeing different parts of the coral reef as you went through so there's not a lot to talk about because it it really is just that's just serving its original purpose to get you into into sea base alpha where all of the modules and the cool stuff is they're not the ride the ride wasn't meant to be the ride wasn't really meant to be an attraction. It was a conveyance. So today you have show scenes and, and um, animation screens or whatever, mm-hmm. but at the original opening, you're, you're on a, you're looking at the aquarium the whole time, the whole time. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Well, the, the, I'm just, I'm trying to get around this most improved and have most like trying to just kind of get, get around a lot of the contradictions that I'm, encountering in in not in each one but in both of them together if that makes sense okay all right well uh that's uh, yeah 
I'll let you continue to consider that while I wrap up our history here. Okay. That's that's the original quote ride. It's an omni mover. It's still an omni mover. Um, as time went on, the uh, basically it stayed the same almost completely until 1998 when United Technologies dropped their sponsorship. So immediately, as Disney does, they removed all the sponsor info, but they closed one of the theaters and allowed a pass through directly to the hydrolators. So you could skip the movie and go straight to the hydrolators. Hmm. On October 21st, 2001, uh, imagine the state of the parks in 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, they closed the sea cabs altogether. Uh, they left the hydrolators. Uh, no, it, yeah, well, yeah they, they left the hydrolators. Once you got out of the hydrolators, you got to basically take the wheelchair bypass route to get to the aquarium. So there was always a a a way to walk through, but they generally restricted that to people who couldn't get onto the Omni Mover. Right. Uh, while you went through, you could see the sea cabs on their track in the adjacent tunnel. Uh, but they were not moving and you just walked to the sea base. 2003. Just mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. 2003 um, finding Nemo hits theaters in May and in December, they started changing the exterior of the pavilion in uh, November of 2004. Turtle talk with crush was added. We're not going to speak of that here. Ah, uh, that's how we get there. Okay. Yeah. 2005. So one of the modules, they just added turtle talk, uh, 2005, August 21st, the pavilion closed completely for its full transformation. Turtle talk with crush was going very well. They wanted to flip things over to Nemo. So between August 21st and November, they, uh, changed the facade and, and mural outside to have that finding Nemo theme that we see now. What year was this? 2005. Okay. Thank you. Um, the hydrolators at the exit were removed and replaced with doors for entrance and exit at the back of the building. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you could uh, visit the super popular Turtle Talk and other Nemo exhibits while the rest of the building was being updated. 2006 construction continues. Sea base is still open. You just go it, go in the back door and just walk in and walk around and look at stuff. Uh, the sea cabs were rethemed to. Clamobiles. They're shaped like clams, clamshells. I'm fighting everything in me to give that a negative point, but it, <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not that egregious. I need to start doing the sounds backwards so we can give negative points. <laughs> uh, the pre-show theaters were removed to allow for more track, so they extended the track of the Omni Mover attraction. It was extended by 280 feet. Uh, the dark ride sets were added. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's there's a portion. So most of it still goes through the aquarium, as we'll get to. But there's also a portion that used to be one of the hydrolators hmm. that is now the show scenes that you see when you go through this one. That's cool. And uh, Turtle Talk was moved from its original location to pre-show theater number two. So one of the original C's theaters. Uh, the queues and such were rethemed, and uh, the whole attraction reopened on October 10th, 2006. It was rededicated on January 24th, 2007. And uh, that's where we're pretty much at. In 2019, the original Living Seas logo reappeared as part of the 
a general refresh of Epcot, mm. bringing back the old logos and really leaning into that aesthetic. And the pavilion was renamed to the Seas Pavilion. But the attraction is still known as the Seas with Nemo and Friends. And also Nemo. So the attraction is the Seas with Nemo and Friends, but the, the actual call it land is the seas the building is the seas oh cool like the land next door right yeah and that's our history um okay we are re- really really pushing it on time and i feel like <laughs> oh, we might man. we might need to consider doing a two-parter for this uh, <laughs> um <sighs> This is tough because that is super. I'm, I gave the subs two points for being impressive. And this one is also super impressive. Um, but I mean, so, one, it's, it's almost like <laughs> one, the, the, the subs didn't need to exist and that still don't but the fact that they do and they the fact that they did i don't know about if they do is part of what makes it impressive it's like you went through all that to give us this thing that is really cool but the fact that you that there's so much tied into it is part of what is most of what makes it cool where this one it's it's almost like you do need a seize, but and the 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 pavilion itself, all the building of it and the specifics of it is in fact very impressive, but it's mm-hmm. kind of just an aquarium where True. where the the trick this thing is playing is how do we make this pavilion a Disney attraction and I think that that is a different kind of impressive and it might be just one point, but it might not be because it's such a really <laughs> skilled card game that they're playing where it's like, okay, we know you've been to SeaWorld. We know you've been to an aquarium. This is kind of just that, but we're going to try to get you like immersed and invested into this. It's yeah, it's the Disney story. It's, it's creating a world that you imagine you're part of as Jimmy and I both attested to, we, we were convinced as kids that that hydrolator was real, that you were descending deep below the earth into an ocean environment. Like that was, that was amazing. And yeah, the first time I saw somebody open those emergency doors and it's just bright Florida sun. I'm like, what? Why? (laughs) For the record. Yeah. First time I went, I was 21 years old. (laughs) Um, And and you were convinced, huh? I was in in my mind. I I was convinced it doesn't matter. And and I guess you must have been there right before. So you you did walk. Was that after they had turned off the ride? The I remember the hydrolators. I don't remember exiting out of the hydrolators but i that could be i don't know i conflate a lot of trips uh, i i think yeah the, there was still a back door that you could leave through yeah. and I, I guess where i'm stuck is that if it was if it's all if all that still existed i could figure out a way to make this a tie right now but it 
doesn't still exist. And it's kind of, and we're, we are just talking about the ride, right? Right. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's impressive, but it's kind of like, I mean, it's just a ride. It's just, I mean, in its current form, uh, there are parts of it that are impressive. We'll, we'll get to the actual we'll, we'll probably ride. Get there. Yeah. We'll probably get yeah. there. But just as probably. it is now, I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be a two to one uh, with the Nemo getting that one point for which Nemo. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh the, the, the that one. The deluge. Um, yeah, I think you're right to split it up. Um, okay. Because that was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, but, two um, so listener, huge the, areas. The, yeah. A little peek behind the curtain of why we're doing this. Um, obviously, they're both Finding Nemo themed rides. And both Turtle Talks are also Nemo themed rides. We couldn't do Turtle Talk because we hadn't done... How did we land here? <laughs> um, we 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 want to do the Hollywood Land officially, and in order to do that, we have to cover the um, Art of Animation building, yeah, which has Turtle Talk, yeah, right. And we and therefore we would need to do Turtle Talk in the seas, so we need to cover the seas. Which ultimately, that episode's not going to be a Turtle Talk. It's episode. It's going to be an animation versus uh, the seas pavilion, right? Because right. Turtle Talk is the same at both places. Mm-hmm. But because it was a turtle clock episode, we had to we had to eliminate the 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 clammobile ride. And the way we got there is the Nemo subs. Both were existing attractions that got overlaid <laughs> by Finding Nemo. Yeah, I think as so often happens with this show, that's a dog. As so often happens with this <laughs> show, um, we will start with something linear, and then it gets kind of broken, and we'll be like. Oh yeah, that would be an interesting matchup. Let's do that, which is what we what we've done. There That's you right. go. Um, so yeah, I didn't expect Just, it to need to, need to be a two parter. And in the chats with you two uh, suggesting that it might need to be, I was like, really? But definitely, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> now, the interesting thing here is the next part of this might come out, and we might edit this part out because it's probably boring but the next part of this might end up coming out after our next episode say what because we have this episode being released on the fifth oh yeah the second part might come after it might come in november there may be an episode between well we did invite that other that (laughs) other show to do an episode on our feed yeah i mean uh, look at the 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 calendar you know what we like to do um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we like to do highly unpopular things on Halloween. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we we won't say anything more than that. But um, they we, wouldn't know because they didn't listen. <laughs> yes, that's true. By the way, we have been taken over by other podcasts that you might want to uh, listen to. I find the episodes wonderfully delightful. Uh, we had the Dollywood Reporter, which talked mm-hmm. about Carousel of Progress, it's, and yep, we six had flag show. a Six Flag Show, six which, flag talks show. About, which talks about, of course, Country Bears. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we had the Boys and Boys and on boy, that one time. Boys right? and Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, yeah, there's, there's another podcast that we might uh, be given some time to. There you go. Great. 
All right. Well, take us out, uh, Dan. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, see you in the parks. Wait. No, someone wrong else. show. Other oh, shows. Okay. Rate and review. Oh, oh, by the way, thank yeah. you for reviewing the four that I read. Yes. Um, and, and I apologize if it was passive aggressive. I didn't mean to be passive aggressive. We really appreciate you writing in. If you don't want me to read it, just say don't read this or whatever. <laughs> but we really appreciate the feedback. And we will take it into consideration sp- specifically... Uh, you know, I need to understand what the woke part is. I'm not sure, but I'll tell um, you after that. Thing. Thank you. That's fine. And uh, with the the timestamp thing, that's actually a really good idea. We originally would just go straight into it because of the hosts, um, but then we learned what we like about some other podcasts is you really get to know the people, and it becomes about the people more than it is about the content. Um, Turns out that's not the case here. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, not for everybody. And, not for everybody. I, and I just want to clarify because I, I kind of was making fun of that a little bit. I do appreciate that feedback as well, especially as somebody who was probably the most guilty of those things. Um, and I hope you understand. I was just joking about that. Yes. We appreciate and we love all our listeners. And thank you very much for your support. Dan, take us out. Okay. Goodbye. Wait, um, so we have other shows that you can listen to on the Ears Up Podcast Network. Uh, one of those shows is, oddly enough, called Ears Up. Uh, and that's where you can listen to uh, Eric's there. And oh, he, yeah. is, he is a, a he is sometimes the one ray of positivity podcast. <laughs> sometimes I'm too tired to be positive. <laughs> They're, they're, what? yeah, it's uh, Jason and Taryn have not been to the parks in a while, and hopefully, they're when going they go in January back, and they book through concierge. Yeah, hopefully, when they go back, they will start loving the place again. Uh, and speaking of concierge, you can book your own vacation and you know what you can try to you can try to figure out when jason and taryn are going and try to line up your your uh trip with theirs uh you call 856 our ears that's how you do that more shows you can listen to uh screaming the vault still exists we we will explain in our next episode whenever that comes out what has been happening there it's it's fun uh let's see what else we have ears up in depth if you really enjoy the feeling of uh sitting at the thanksgiving table and (laughs) like you have two uncles right and Uh they're usually really fine and then like but you know that when these two uncles get together they kind of like feed off each other and bring out the like kind of the worst in each other and they just kind of like go and go and go and you're the only one there and you're you're like i hope i hope they don't say the terrible thing that i have to interject on um and then i know i want to listen more now just hoping just kind of hoping that mom comes back because like she can kind of like redirect them so they don't say the terrible thing and the whole time you're just like oh my god when uh-huh yeah uh, yeah uh-huh okay oh god yeah uh-huh no, yeah no i i heard about that uh okay if you enjoy that feeling that's the podcast for you um and we also have uh milk milk lemonade around the corner bantha milk uh that's still fun for me to say uh yeah. also it's called bantha milk podcast and we have puny pod uh where they talk about things that are small <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, the small explorations podcast. They, yeah. they, Oops, too small. Each, Oops, too small. Each episode is about a small thing. Like, hey, look what I have. <laughs> the other host says, I can't see it. I, I know, it's yeah. so small. It's, a, it's all visual. It's all visual references. <laughs> no, they actually... <laughs> They talk about, uh, for realsies, they talk about the Marvel movies and they're rewatching them and they are fun. Uh, and sometimes Dan watches them too. <laughs> sometimes I but watch them only the them worst too. ones. I like Dark World. Um, hey, how do we reach you? Jimmy, what do you want people to do? Should they uh, mail you themselves reach, to you? Uh, email at Jimmy at, uh, actually, jhunt at concierge.com because I look at that email. Yeah, because if you if you if you email the uh, ears up address, it might be faster to actually mail themselves to you. <laughs> That's um, right. And Eric, how can we reach you? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really check E, e-, e. Johnson. Uh, well, no, I, I don't check uh, Eric at ears up all that much so either. E Johnson at concierge.com. E, e. Johnson yeah. at concierge.com or uh, Eric dot farm D or Eric farm D not dot Eric farm D at Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, I know how to log into my ears up uh, email, but for being really honest, I don't think I ever check it. Um, so, but you can, if you want, you could send an e- email to David Bowie at teenage and maybe, uh, the ghost of David Bowie himself will read it. <laughs> and this is why I never host the show. Uh, goodbye. Court is adjourned. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Fresh break. By the way, podcasting 101. It's a little hot tip for those of you who want to uh, be a, be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. When you feel a coughing fit coming, you mm-hmm. turn off your microphone. Yeah, mm-hmm. turn it off. That turn one's right free. Off. Keep water next to you at all times. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're not a mermaid.